Chapter Two of the Romance of Modern Invention. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Larry Wilson. The Romance of Modern Invention by Archibald Williams. High Speed Telegraphy. The wonderful developments of wireless telegraphy must not make us forget that some very interesting and startling improvements have been made in connection with the ordinary wire circuit method, notably in the matter of speed. At certain seasons of the year, or under special circumstances, which can scarcely be foreseen, a great rush takes place to transmit messages over the wires connecting important towns. Now the best telegraphists can with difficulty keep up a transmitting speed of even fifty words a minute for so long as half an hour. The Morse alphabet contains on the average three signals for each letter, and the average length of a word is six letters. Fifty words would therefore contain between them nine hundred signals, or fifteen a second. The strain of sending or noting so many for even a brief period is very wearisome to the operator. Means have been found of replacing the telegraph clerk, so far as the actual signaling is concerned, by mechanical devices. In 1842, Alexander Bain, a watchmaker of Thurso, produced what is known as a chemical telegraph. The words to be transmitted were set up in a large metal type, all capitals connected with the positive pole of a battery, the negative pole of which was connected to earth. A metal brush divided into five points, each terminating a wire, was passed over the metal type. As often as a division of the brush touched metal, it completed the electric circuit in the wire to which it was joined, and sent a current to the receiving station, where a similar brush was passing at similar speed over a strip of paper soaked in iodide of potassium. The action of the electricity decomposed the solution, turning it blue or violet. The result was a series of letters divided longitudinally into five belts separated by white spaces representing the intervals between the contact points of the brush. The Bain chemical telegraph was able to transmit the enormous number of 1,500 words per minute, that is, at ten times the rate of ordinary conversation. But even when improvements had reduced the line wires from five to one, the system, on account of the method of composing the message to be sent, was not found sufficiently practical to come into general use. Its place was taken by slower but preferable systems, those of duplex and multiplex telegraphy. When a message is sent over the wires, the actual time of making the signals is more than is required for the current to pass from place to place. This fact has been utilized by the inventors of methods whereby two or more messages may not only be sent the same way along the same wire, but may also be sent in different directions. Messages are duplex when they travel across one another, multiplex when they travel together. The principle whereby several instruments are able to use the same wire is that of distributing among the instruments the time during which they are in contact with the line. Let us suppose that four transmitters are sending messages simultaneously from London to Edinburgh. Wires from all four instruments are led into a circular contact maker divided into some hundreds of insulated segments connected in rotation with the four transmitters. Thus, instrument A will be joined to segments 1, 5, 9, 13. 
instrument b to segments two six ten fourteen instrument c with segments three seven eleven fifteen and so on along the top of the segments an arm connected with the telegraph line to edinburgh revolves at a uniform rate for about one five hundredth of a second it unites a segment with an instrument if there are one hundred fifty segments on the distributor and the arm revolves three times a second each instrument will be put into contact with the lines rather oftener than 110 times per second. And if the top speed of 50 words a minute is being worked to, each of the 15 signals occurring in each second will be on the average divided among seven moments of contact. A similar apparatus at Edinburgh receives the messages. It is evident that for the system to work satisfactorily, or even to escape dire confusion, the revolving arms must run at a level speed in perfect unison with one another. When the London arm is over segment 1, the Edinburgh arm must cover the same number. The greatest difficulty in multiplex telegraphy has been to adjust the timing exactly. Paul Lacour of Copenhagen invented for driving the arms a device called the phonic wheel, as its action was regulated by the vibrations of a tuning fork. The wheel, made of soft iron and toothed on its circumference, revolves at a short distance from the pole of a magnet. As often as a current enters the magnet, the latter attracts the nearest tooth of the wheel. And if a regular series of currents pass through it, the motion of the wheel will be uniform. Monsieur Lacour produced the regularity of current impulses in the motor magnet by means of a tuning fork, which is unable to vibrate more than a certain number of times a second, and at each vibration closed a circuit sending current into the magnet. To get two tuning forks of the same note is an easy matter, and consequently a uniformity of rotation at both London and Edinburgh stations may be ensured. So sensitive is this interrupter system that as many as 16 messages can be sent simultaneously, which means that a single wire is conveying from 500 to 800 words a minute. We can easily understand the huge savings that results from such a system. The cost of instruments, interrupter, etc., being but small in proportion to that of a number of separate conductors. The word-sending capacity of a line may be even further increased by the use of automatic transmitters able to work much faster in signal-making than the human brain and hand. Sir Charles Wheatstone's automatic transmitter has long been used in the post office establishments. The messages to be sent are first of all punched on a long tape, with three parallel rows of perforation. The central row is merely for guiding the tape through the transmitting machine. The positions of the holes in the two outside rows relative to each other determine the character of the signal to be sent. Thus, when three holes, including the central one, are abreast, a Morse dot is signified. When the left-hand hole is one place behind the right hand, a dash will be telegraphed. In the case of a long communication, the matter is divided among a number of clerks operating punching machines. Half a dozen operators could between them punch holes representing 250 to 300 words a minute, and the transmitter is capable of dispatching as many in the same time, while it has the additional advantage of being tireless. The action of the transmitter is based upon the reversal of the direction or nature of current. The punch tape is passed between an oscillating lever, carrying two points and plates connected with the two poles of the battery. 
as soon as the hole comes under a pin the pin drops through and makes a contact at the receiving end the wire is connected with a coil round round the pole of a permanent bar magnet such a magnet has what is known as a north pole and a south pole the one attractive and the other repulsive of steel or soft iron any bar of soft iron can be made temporarily into a magnet by twisting round it a few turns of a wire in circuit with the poles of a battery but which will be the north and which the south pole depends on the direction of the current if then a current passes in one direction round the north pole of a permanent magnet it will increase the magnet's attractive power but will decrease it if sent in the other direction the dot holes punched in the tape being abreast cause first a positive and then a negative current following at a very short interval but the dash holes not being opposite allow the positive current to occupy the wires for a longer period consequently the morse marker rests for correspondingly unequal periods on the recording tape giving out a series of dots and dashes as the inker is snatched quickly or more leisurely from the paper the wheatstone recorder has been worked up to four hundred words a minute and when two machines are by the multiplex method acting together this rate is of course doubled as a speed machine it has however been completely put in the shade by a more recent invention of two hungarian electricians anton polak and joseph virag which combines the perforated strip method of transmission with the telephone and photography the message is sent off by means of a punch tape and is recorded by means of a telephonic diaphragm and light marking a sensitized paper in eighteen ninety eight the inventors made trials of their system for the benefit of the united electrical company in budapest the hungarian capital was connected by two double lines of wire with a station two hundred miles distant where the two sets were joined so as to give a single circuit of four hundred miles in length a series of tests in all weathers showed that the pollock virag system could transmit as many as one hundred thousand words an hour over that distance from hungary the inventors went to the united states in which country of records no less than one hundred fifty five thousand words were dispatched and received in the sixty minutes this average two thousand five hundred eighty words per minute forty three per second is truly remarkable even between new york and chicago separated by nine hundred fifty odd miles the wires kept up an average of one thousand per minute the apparatus that produces these marvelous results is of two types the one type records messages in the morse alphabet the other makes clearly written longhand characters the former is the faster of the two but the legibility of the other more than compensates for the decrease of speed by one half the morse alphabet method closely resembles the wheatstone system the message is prepared for transmission by being punched on a tape but there is the difference in the position of the holes that whereas in the wheatstone method two holes are used for each dot and dash only one is required in the pollock virag if to the right of the central guiding line it signifies a dash if to the left a dot the reversal of current method already explained causes at the receiver end an increase or decrease in the power of a permanent magnet to attract or repel a diaphragm the center of which is connected by a very fine metal bar with the center of a tiny mirror hinged at one side on two points 
a very slight movement of the diaphragm produces an exaggerated movement of the mirror which as it tilts backwards and forwards reflects the light from an electric lamp on to a lens which concentrates the rays into a bright spot and focuses them onto a surface of sensitized paper in their earliest apparatus the inventors attached the paper to the circumference of a vertical cylinder which revolved at an even pace on an axle furnished at the lower end with a screw thread so that the portion of paper affected by the light occupied a spiral path from top to bottom of the cylinder in a later edition however an endless band of sensitized paper is employed and the lamp is screened from the mirror by a horizontal mantle in which is cut a helical slit making one complete turn of the cylinder in its length the mantle is rotated in unison with the machinery driving the sensitized band and as it revolves the spot at which the light from the filament can pass through the slit to the mirror is constantly shifting from right to left and the point at which the reflected light from the mirror strikes the sensitized paper from left to right at the moment when a line is finished the right extremity of the mantle begins to pass light again and the bright spot of light recommences its work at the left edge of the band which is now moved on a space the movements of the mirror backwards and forwards produces on the paper a zigzag tracing known as siphon writing the record which is continuous from side to side of the band is a series of zigzag up and down strokes corresponding to the dots and dashes of the morris alphabet the apparatus for transmitting longhand characters is more complicated than that just described two telephones are now used and the punch tape has in it five rows of perforations if we take a copy book and examine the letters we shall see that they occupy one two or three bands of space for instance a between the lines occupies one band g two bands and f three in forming letters the movements of the fingers trace curves and straight lines and curves being the resultants of combined horizontal and vertical movements messieurs Pollock and virag in order to produce curves were obliged to add a second telephone furnished also with a metal bar joined to the mirror which rests on three points instead of two one of these points is fixed the other two represent ends of the two diaphragm bars which move the mirror vertically and horizontally respectively either separately or simultaneously a word about the punch paper before going further it contains as we have said five rows of perforations the top three of these are concerned only with the up and down strokes of the letters the bottom two with the cross strokes when a whole of one set is acting in unison with a whole of the other set a composite movement or curve is results the topmost roll of all sends through the wires a negative current of known strength this produces upward and return strokes in the upper zone of the letters for instance the upper part of a t the second row passes positive currents of equal strength with the negative and influences the up and down strokes of the center zone that is those of o the third row passes positive currents twice as strong as the negative and is responsible for double length vertical strokes in the center and lower zones for example the strokes in p in order that the record shall not be a series of zigzags it is necessary that the return strokes in the vertical elements shall be on the same path as the outstrokes 
and as the point of light is continuously tending to move from left to right of the paper there must at times be present a counteracting tendency counterbalancing it exactly so that the path of the light point is purely vertical at other times not merely must the horizontal movements balance each other but the right to left element must be stronger than the left to right so that the strokes such as the left curve of an e may be possible to this end rows four and five of the perforations pass currents working the second telephone diaphragm which moves the mirror on a vertical axis so that it reflects the ray horizontally it will be noticed that the holes in rows three four five vary in size to permit the passage of currents during periods of different length in this manner the little junction hooks of such letters as r w v b are effected as fast as the sensitized paper strip is covered with the movements of the dancing spot of light it is passed on over rollers through developing and fixing chemical baths so that the receiving of the message is purely automatic the reader can judge for himself the results of this ingenious system as shown in a short section of message transmitted by mr pollock the words shown actually occupied two seconds in transmission they are beautifully clear it is said that by the end of a special multiplex device thirty sets of the pollock virag apparatus can be used simultaneously on a line the reader will be able by the aid of a small calculation to arrive at some interesting figure as regards their united output. End of chapter 2